Oh, I like this time on the Oakley Show. It's uh, 4.47 right now on Global News Radio, and why I like it is I get a chance to talk to uh, our favorite columnist from the Toronto Sun, Sue Ann Levy. How are you? I'm great, Peter. How are you? I'm terrific, and I know that one of the subjects that uh, we were going to discuss was a tweet that Doug Ford put out about uh, this morning's shenanigans at the uh, legislature, and I was there. No, I did not hear it, and I don't know anybody who heard it. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but yeah. uh, I talked to one of your counterparts from the Star, and he he was sitting immediately above, and he didn't hear it. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I talked to Gilles Bisson himself, and he said, "You've known me for a lot of years, Peter, and I've been here for 28. I'm better than that. I would never do it." So I don't know who heard what, but I can tell you that for now we're in deadlock, and and they're not going to get any questions answered. Well, you know, that's the interesting thing is that um, I've known G- I knew Jill Bisson as well. And I, if all the people, all the crazies on the NDP bench, I would never think it would come from him. Uh, having said that, I think that the hysteria right now, uh, and certainly directed uh, today at the uh, whole idea of downsizing Toronto Council from the NDP is just uh over the top, absolutely over the top, from Andrea Horvath on down to some of the others. So, well, there was a point today, Sue Ann, where um, she used the word dictator, and the yeah. speaker, who's of course a PC, but still I think uh, Ted Arnott, who's been a deputy speaker for a lot of years and, and the fairest man I probably know in that place, he uh, asked her to withdraw because dictator is considered unparliamentary. But mm-hmm. in, in the context it was used and the way uh, the questions were hurled, at Doug Ford and uh, his municipal affairs minister Steve Clark, um, it's it's like fighting anger. I, I haven't seen it like that, and and I was glad to go back because it's been a long time, and I haven't seen a question period like that for many years. Well, Peter, listen, I have covered council for how long now? Twenty years, twenty years, off and on, yeah. off and on, including a stint at Greens Park, and council. I have never seen councillors so engaged. So whether it's angry, uh, celebratory, whatever, uh, when it, I've never seen them so engaged as when they're talking about their pay, perks, benefits, office supplies, office budgets, um, maintaining their political skins. And, you know, so I'm not surprised. Um, and, you know, I've written about this over the years uh, many, many times, and I even wrote about it in my book about how they seem to be able to spend hours upon hours talking about themselves. You know, um, I've read your columns, as you know, for I I guess all the years that they've been there, and I know you have, and you've been um, sometimes and often, in fact, a lone voice in beating that drum. Mm. But what I find particularly interesting is we're three weeks into a four-year legislature that's, uh, that's got a government of 76 uh, people are run by Doug Ford, and mm-hmm. there are his critics, and there are people who are happy that he's there, which happened. I'm I'm quite happy, full disclosure, to include me and you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I, I I think that if he has done anything in terms of keeping his promise, he's in three weeks shaken up the place. I'm talking about the city of Toronto. I'm talking about uh, the whole education system. I'm talking about uh, cap and trade, those kinds of things that were very typically from the left. And um, some will work and some won't because all governments try things. But so far, I think people are pretty happy. 
Well, yeah. I mean, don't read the headlines in uh, the Toronto Star or other leftist newspapers because, you know, my inbox has just been full over the last couple of days. And today, in response to council debating uh, whether they should hold a referendum and whether they should conduct a legal review, spending almost seven hours doing so, um, the silent majority are very much in favor of this. He is speaking to the people. He's not speaking to even the pollsters. He's speaking to the people, um, and that is not reflected by some of my colleagues, or most of my colleagues, I should say, in the media. Um, and the fact of the matter is that people wanted change. They were desperate for change. Uh, they wanted somebody to take control of the books. They wanted somebody uh, to... Uh, I guess listen to the people, and that's what he's been doing over the last three weeks. Does it not bother anybody out there uh, that the council meeting that you're referring to, I believe, is still in session and that it's six days old, and does not that speak volumes about this entire debacle? Well, it's over, yes, temporarily, but the interesting thing is that they are returning, even though they're supposed to be out on the uh, election trail now, they are returning on August 20th because council is essentially over, and this happens every summer whether it's an election year or not. Month of August is typically dark, and they start up again in September, mid-September. Um, but they're coming back on August 20th not to talk about the violence, not to talk about uh, the I guess the epidemic of shootings, the tragic affair last uh, week on the Danforth. No, they're coming together on August 20th to talk about their political skins and whether they can launch a legal action. So uh, lest you think they're not a bunch of self-serving jerks, and they really, really showed their true colors in the last two days when they spent the seven hours debating about uh, these changes to the size of council. Well, it's uh, uh, no, uh, it's it's amazing to me that um, people can meet for the length of time that those council meetings last because everybody has to speak on behalf of his fiefdom. And and if you've watched this over the years, and I have, and clearly you have, um, I, I think the move that came out of Queens Park was an appropriate move, if for no other reason than that alone. Well, it's it's refreshing, and people. See, I think there was, they sensed, I mean, people were frustrated, very, very frustrated. They were frustrated with the disconnectedness of their counselors. So anything you're going to hear from the left um, is all self-serving. It's all about saving their political skins or necks or whatever you want to call it, um, because they are disconnected. They're arrogant. They don't care about what the average consistent uh, constituent thinks. They only care about special interest groups. And I've been reporting on that over the last several weeks, um, over the summer, with the rash of shootings, with the uh, lawlessness around respite shelters, with the lawlessness around safe injection sites. And the, I guess the architects of some of this, uh, as in Joe Cressy, as in Kristen Wong-Tam, who happen to be the counselors who shriek the loudest among the, the counselors who shriek the loudest, are the ones who are ignoring the very constituents who've complained to them. There you go. Well, Sue Ann, i got to stop you there because we're out of time, but uh, looking forward to uh, the next time. Okay, take care. 
Okay, thank you very much, Sue Ann Levy of the uh, Toronto Sun. And uh, a reminder, I will reprise uh, how I opened the show. After 5 o'clock, I'll tell you a little bit about what happened at uh, Queen's Park this morning so you have a better understanding of it because it seems technical. But at the end of the day, it has stopped the ability for a, a dialogue to occur between the opposition and the government after only three weeks, which is uh, – not so cool, but it's the way it is, and uh, you need to know why. And the cast of characters will be joining us uh, live here on the Oakley Show after 6 o'clock. I am Peter Sherman, and you're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto.